Welcome, you delicious human, to the Love Yourself podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kate Kirtle. I'm here to make your life happier and healthier and teach you everything I've learned about becoming a self-loving human and building a really solid connection with yourself. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best advice, mindset, and perspective shifts so that you can realize how fucking incredible you truly are and learn how to treat yourself like your own BFF. Here, we take the fluff out of (laughs) self-love... But we do not fuck around. The relationship you have with yourself is literally the most important one in your entire life, and I am here to show you how. So, without further ado, let's dive right on in to today's episode. What is up, you delicious humans? Just before we jump right into this next episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news with you, and that is that I have just created a community on Facebook for all of the listeners of this podcast. So it is called the Love Yourself Podcast Community, which you can search on Facebook, or I've put the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. So the intention or objective behind starting this Facebook group was that you had a space, a safe space, a positive space to not only discuss the topics of the episodes or ask any questions, but also to connect with like-minded women who are improving their lives, bettering their lives, working on themselves, working towards self-love. And yeah, I just really wanted a, a cool little safe space community where you can do just that. So like I said, you can search the Love Yourself podcast community on Facebook or you can click the link in the show notes. Super excited. Hope to see you inside there. And let's jump right on into the next episode. What is up, you delicious humans, and welcome back to the Love Yourself podcast. This is episode number 27, and I am so incredibly excited because we have another amazing, wonderful human on as the guest today. So we have Kareen Killingbeck, who is a health and fitness specialist who loves helping women navigate through their pregnancy and postnatal journeys. She is a mom to two beautiful boys, and she is also a WBFF bikini pro athlete. And above all of those things and titles, she's a wonderful, wonderful human. She's one of my fantastic friends. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for being here. It's so hard not to like giggle. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here too. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So for a little context, um, Karina and I go, I was going to say way back, a few years back, she's actually been one of my coaches in the past. Um, we've formed a beautiful friendship. She's come to my house. We hang out. We speak a lot. We speak very um, often about business and life and all kinds of things. And she's a really phenomenal human. And I'm excited to see what she's going to share with you today. Yes, I'm very excited too. And yeah, and I really enjoy being your friend. And <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for being there and supporting me always. I do appreciate it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Righty. So the way that I, you're, you're my third interview so far yes. on the pod, and so far I've started it by asking, what does self-love mean to you? Yes, and I have listened to your other podcasts, and usually the answer is, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> and and it can be tough because I think it, for me anyway, it encompasses a whole lot of things. Um, and you actually messaged me not that long ago and you're asking for like 
we know kind of what self-love is, but how can we prove that to ourselves? And I ended up going on a little bit of a tangent. But for me, ultimately, self-love is my happiness. And it's the process that I take and the actions that I take, what I do to achieve that happiness or my success. So in a nutshell, and um, really focusing, understanding what my values are and understanding the person who I want to be and then working on those to achieve my happiness or to achieve my success. Yeah, awesome. Um, It is such a hard question because self-love is so complex and it's like there's so many different answers that you can give, but I love that. that, Yeah, I I messaged her the other day because um, it's been interesting whilst building out this the Love Yourself project in really trying to put down a definition of what I think self-love is because it is so complex and there's so much Mm -hmm. involved and there's so many things that you can do to contribute to it. But at the end of the day, um, understanding yourself and your values. I love that you brought up values because I think that's a lot of, a lot of the time people don't necessarily step back and think, well, hang on, what's actually important to me? Is it important that I, you know, get this law degree? I don't know why that's my example. (laughs) And earn six figures, or is it more important that I get a caravan and go on trips with my family more often? And then, you know, what like what's what's more important? Family, career, health, like, and where does that lie? And I love that you mentioned that because I um yeah, I think values are so important because once you're living in alignment with your values, um, then of course it does bring about happiness. Yeah, and a lot of the times the reason that we are unhappy or unsatisfied is because we aren't being true to ourselves and we, you know, maybe we haven't taken the time to step back and go, Hey, well, what are my values and what can I do to work alongside them? Um, And that's when I find I'm often most unhappy too. Um, As an example, like discipline is something that I value a lot. And when I get into those funks where I'm, I'm not being disciplined, I'm not practicing my discipline like I just don't feel good within myself. But as soon as I start taking the action and I start practicing my discipline and having flexible intention there as well, something that I'm still learning. um, Yeah. I feel a lot better within myself. Yeah. That's beautiful. What, just because we're speaking about values and and you did mention discipline, we'll get into it, but being a pro athlete and um, in the health and fitness industry, of course, discipline is, is incredibly important, but what are some of your other values and have you noticed in life, like if you're living out of alignment with those, of mm-hmm. course, you just said it brings unhappiness. So what, what are some of your other values and how do you make sure that you're living true to them? Yes. And values have definitely changed over time, especially um, having children and they become a big part of your life and they are a big focus of mine. So quality time is a value of mine, whether that be with my family, my friends. Um, Parenting is a big value of mine. And, you know, then I can break that down a little bit further, like how I want to parent. Um, Being present is something that I do value, but I had been struggling with a lot. Um, Being present for my family and, and as a parent, as a mother, because I was just getting so distracted by what I thought success looked like for me. Um, yeah, and I had a, a, quite a big epiphany about that and, you know, it feels a lot better. Um, what are some of my other values? We've mentioned discipline. Um, 
structure and routine is something that I really value. I thrive with a lot of structure and a lot of certainty, um, obviously still needing that uncertainty and that element of spontaneity. And my health, my health is something that I do value. And for me, that then breaks down into my movement and my nutrition and my, my mental health, looking after my mental health as well. So yeah, I think they're probably my top values. Awesome. Sorry, I took her completely off script then. <laughs> she wasn't prepared for that one. I but. wasn't, no, but hey, it's good. And even like getting these questions and I'm excited about this podcast because it's really forcing me to reflect and like I've, you know, we're great friends and I've called you a couple of times and we do often chat about life and where we're at and the great things and also the not so great things. Um and, you know, you asked me if I wanted to be a guest and I'm sitting there going, but fuck, like, I'm going to be on this podcast about loving myself and I don't feel that, like, and it's really kind of forced me to reflect on things and go, I'm actually not doing a bad job. Like, I'm, I understand these parts of my personality and you've helped me bring some of those to light as well. And I've then been able to look back and go, cool, well, times have been stuffed, but um, times have been tough but at the end of the day I am still able to pull myself out of those and realign myself with my values and move forward so I might not feel my best right now but I also am doing these things to love myself to achieve my happiness yeah awesome thank you so much for sharing that because again within the like bubble of self-love and particularly all the shit that's out there on Instagram I think there's this um, I guess like overarching mentality that in order to love yourself, you have to always feel good. Mm. And that's just not the fucking truth because we're human beings and we have challenges and you have two small humans that are dependent on you and a husband who works shift work five days on, four days off or the other way around, whatever it is. And yeah. so for you being someone who values routine and structure, I, yeah. like, I know how hard that is for you. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I think being able to step back and say, well, hang on, I'm actually doing okay. And I'm, I'm glad that you've had that reflection even in thinking about this podcast because I think that's something that we should all do more often. Like we're so fucking hard on ourselves. We yeah. all work way too hard and we don't step back and smell the roses. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you've been able to do that. And I guess for anyone listening, if you're in a similar position where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, just being able to step back and reflect and say, well, hang on, I'm actually doing all of these things. And I actually, um, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm being very hard on myself and it's okay to just step back and say, well, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Like I'm not necessarily achieving at the high capacity that maybe I once used to, or that I feel like I need to. And again, that's something that I'm working on. Um, but there are still things that I'm doing to help me get there at, at whatever level that is at the end. And and you're right, I think, and I love your kind of whole philosophy on loving yourself. Um, and it's, you know, you've said before, it's not about the bubble bath. It's not about the face masks and the massages, although they're an important part of taking time out for yourself and loving yourself. It's about feeling the shit that you need to feel, taking action, which I think is incredibly hard, but one of the most important, like, well, the most important step, I believe. Um, and, I, you know, we have a very similar philosophy in this as well as, and, you know, you and I probably just worded a little bit different about your promise to yourself, doing one thing, sticking to it, um, having that habit and then layering on those habits. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of self-love is the process as well. It's not, it's not the end result and um, the journey that we go on. There's never really an ending, is there? It's, it's always what we're working on. And some of those times are going to be absolutely fantastic and you're going to be really enjoying life. And that's great. Save for those, be present. But there are other times when life's going to be a little bit harder, a little bit tougher, and you've got to work through those as well. And practicing your self-love then is probably really it's most important the times that are tougher yeah yeah beautiful and such a such a beautiful segue because (laughs) self-love and again you just said this like it's it's not a destination it's not like one day you just wake up and you're like all right I'm complete I'm a self-loving human full stop the end journey done never have to commit anything else the reality is that through stages and seasons of life we need to do different things and we need to and we need to commit to different things in making sure that we are committing to that self-loving process. Mm-hmm. So in saying that, can you just share with us a little bit about your journey from as far back as you want to go in, in self-love, um, you know, high points, low points, what you might have done, have done to assist or awareness or like, you know, the, the journey but just take us on that yeah well it it started very long time ago now um you know right back to when I was a child so I I have grown up in a quite a volatile household um a lot of alcohol drugs abuse um and it was yeah it's, it's really difficult and even now just talking about that still makes me quite emotional um and I've learned that that that's okay like it's still a part of me it hurts but it also drives me to be better for myself for my children ah oh, excuse me I love um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so there were a lot of struggles through my childhood through my teens through my um early early adulthood also a lot of fun um like I, I moved out of home when I was 17. So I've kind of had to rely on myself a lot. And then I guess growing up in that volatile household too, I kind of learned to rely on myself a lot. So that meant trusting people was hard. Um, the way that I thought my about myself and still do now, those are quite deep, uh, deep-seated beliefs um, that, you know, never being good enough, um, there are also, I don't know, there are some things that I remember my dad always used to say to me, like, and that's just stuck, is you're going to be a model one day. And and I don't know, just to me, it goes to show the power of the, the words that you say and the actions that you take as a person, as a parent. Um, yeah, so fast forwarding, I'm in my early 20s. I'm just depressed. Like, uh, Like, I had a boyfriend at the time and it was just like, internal rage there was so much anger there like I would get so angry that it would become an out-of-body experience and I couldn't feel anything I couldn't think it was just pure raw emotion and um, I was self-harming a lot at this stage as well um, because I hated myself I hated who I was the thing I can only imagine the stuff that I would have subconsciously been saying to myself um, and that it was at that point that I was like, I, I don't know exactly what it was. I just had a big rage. My my partner or my boyfriend at the time had called an ambulance, ended up in hospital. Um, 
and yeah, and I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was 20 at the time. I remember sitting down in my first psychologist's office and he said to me like, wow, you're like, you're so young. Why are you here? And I was like, because I I don't want to be 30 and be feeling like this. I don't, I don't want to be in a relationship and be feeling like this. I don't want to have children and be feeling like this. And that was the the start of my self-love journey. Um, He was great. He taught me a lot about just recognizing my emotions and not being so black and white because everything was right or wrong for me at that stage. This is the right way. That's the wrong way. And he was always like, hey, there's this space in the middle too and it can be great. Um, the gray area. Yeah, yes, that lovely gray area. Uh, and he taught me a lot about communicating too. So um, I feel that's where I started learning how to express myself. I feel this way and starting to learn uh, a bit more about communication rather than just reacting on the emotion. Yeah, so that was fantastic. And then, yeah, I met my, my now husband when I was 21. And, yeah, we've been together for a while now. It's crazy to think that we've spent so much of our our life together. I'm 30, 32 now, so it's coming to 33. Well, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I also remember he's been a massive part of my journey and such an amazing support. And even though sometimes I really hate him, <laughs> and that's usually just because he tells me the truth, right, and I'm not ready to hear it. Um, yeah, I remember sitting down with him and saying, hey, like, I really like you. I just want to let you know I do have a couple of issues, but I really want to work through them and your support would be amazing. And he didn't even bat an eyelid. He was like, yeah, okay. And, yeah, we've been through a lot of tough times together. Um, but our relationship is always work uh, something to be worked on and it's definitely getting better. Um, yeah, so another psychologist and she kind of helped me understand a lot more where things were coming from. So rather than just managing how I was feeling and being able to communicate, she started helping me understand why I was feeling this way. Um, and I think that's a really important part of understanding who you are today is understanding where you've come from, what's triggering you, um, and then kind of what action you can take to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I totally can't even remember what your question was. <laughs> We're heading in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just your journey and what you've been through in, in relation to self-love and yeah so a big part of my journey has been seeking external help and been seeking um, psychologists or counsellors to help me decipher what the hell is going on in that head of mine Um, and more recently I have uh, my third psychologist because I've moved around a bit she's in my area she's again helped me a lot about communication that's been a big part of my journey for me is learning how to be assertive rather than aggressive or passive aggressive or passive um expanding on those communication skills has been something that's really important um and she's also just given me the space to feel what I need to feel which has been a lot of stuff and decipher a lot of things as well she's really kind of helped me you know piece like how I'm feeling is okay and Mm. that's a massive thing for me and then um how that person react is reacting is not your issue uh, you only control you and you're allowed to communicate and and be assertive and express your needs um 
yeah, so my journey started uh, a long while ago and it's definitely, it's a work in progress for me and it still is and it's a journey. There's, there's no particular end time and it's always working through the things that I need to work on um, to continue. But definitely talking to someone has helped me and it's something that I really needed. I know that maybe not everyone does, maybe other people need different kinds of support, but I think that support is really uh, important mm. and yeah big part of my journey is understanding where my thoughts and feelings have come from so I can change them essentially bring them from the subconscious to the conscious reframe and then continue down my path yeah awesome <clears throat> thank you so much for sharing all of that that was That's okay <laughs> that was a lot and I know it's hard but I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it's easy like when I look at you on Instagram and of course I know a lot but like if I was brand new to your page I think it's easy to look at you and be like she's fucking killing it like you know she's she crushes this mumhood mumhood motherhood whatever thing <laughs> same thing um, same <laughs> shit you know she's she's running a successful business but like she's got a great relationship she lives in her dream home but like blah 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 all of the things and I really appreciate you sharing that because there's so much more to humans than what you see on Instagram or, mm-hmm. or even from face value. Like, of course, when you first meet someone, it's not like you're like, Oh, by the way, here's all of my shit. And yeah. And over time it trickles out. So um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And there's, there's a number of key things that I just wanted to touch on that you shared. The yes. first is the importance of actually understanding your childhood and the impact that your childhood has on your adulthood in terms of your beliefs and your thoughts and your emotions. And um, I guess slightly similarly, I also grew up in a home with an alcoholic father or functioning alcoholic. No one ever really called it alcoholism, but anyway, it was like, it was volatile in terms of yelling and screaming and throwing shit. And um, yeah, realizing now also seeking psychologist help the impact that that really has that I'd suppressed for so fucking long. Yeah. Um, And so Yeah, if anyone's listening, one, like Corrine said, maybe a psychologist is not the best support for you, but also seeing someone seeking some form of help is totally normal and okay. And I definitely think that all humans should at least see someone for a certain period of time to unravel the shit in our head because it's so easy to be inside your head and and not um, understand it. And so... Um, yeah, understanding your childhood, understanding where your beliefs came from, unraveling that, bringing them from the subconscious to the conscious. And then also, yeah, just feeling okay, seeking help and all, almost like the necessity of making sure that you are seeking help. Yeah, I agree. Um, having someone help guide me through those times has been imperative for me on a personal level. Yeah. 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 I just didn't, I had no idea. Like I, I didn't have, you're not taught these things or we weren't back then anyway. Like I'm definitely making an effort to try and teach my sons um, a lot about their emotions and, and that feeling is okay. And, you know, to provide them the support and the unconditional love that I feel that they deserve. Um, yeah. And I just, I guess I didn't get that. We weren't taught that. And the way that I learned those skills was from a professional. Mm. Yeah. And actually for, for me, you were a big catalyst of that a couple of years ago. I remember having a conversation. I was sitting on the top of a hill overlooking the beach and I was crying and it was like a big catalyst moment for me. I've never probably actually shared this with you. No. 
Um, I'm like, interesting. <laughs> it was like I was in a period of my life where I was really struggling and it, it wasn't normal in air quotes I'm doing um, or even really a thought to go and seek external help, particularly like down the psychologist route because I was brought up thinking like my parents belief is that you have to be proper fucked up to go and see a psychologist and um so for me that was just never really like a thought that I had like I'm like I'm like oh I'm fine I'm not that fucked up so like I don't need to go and see anyone and I it was also around the time when I really became quite introspective and started looking at my thoughts and beliefs and you were really Mm -hmm. the catalyst to being like why do you believe that where did that yep. come from? And just yep. ask me these questions. That no I, one do ever rem- asked yeah, I do. Yeah, I do remember asking you like, those. No, <laughs> yeah. no. There was a lot of pushback at the time. Yeah, yeah. and even recently, uh, you know, we had a coaching relationship again, and I remember sitting there going, "Wow, like you have done so much work since I last." have talked to you and and had this coaching relationship and it just blew me away um yeah and it was just it was it was just really nice it was really nice to see that you got to a point that you were over your shit and you're willing to work through it and yeah it just makes me really happy that people can wade through what they need to get to a point where they are more confident in themselves or at that point in their journey yeah, for sure. And I am, I'm actually really grateful because you were that person. There was a lot of resistance and I was like, oh, fuck her. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's expected. Yeah. <laughs> when you're pushing someone like that. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't ready to, I was like just on the verge of starting to look at all of that shit, but I wasn't like fully willing and open and ready. Um, but, but I do thank you for that because it's, whether it's a psychologist, it's a friend, it's a coach, it's a mentor, it's like someone in your life to really push you because you know you were part of that catalyst of change for me and I think it's interesting actually this is to go on a tangent but I think this is an important thing to touch on I had this conversation also with Rachel Dalton who I spoke with a few episodes ago about like people's catalyst for change and for me personally the time that I've done the most growth is when I felt like I was at my rock fucking bottom 100% And, you know, whether that was with my weight, whether that was with, you know, after my breakup um, or those are probably the two like most biggest catalysts of change that I've had in my life. Um, I really felt like I couldn't get any fucking worse or sadder or like, you know, like any lower. But so, so I believe that for a lot of people, they almost have to get to that place of change because they, you have to get so sick of your shit to be able to create change. Yeah. But at the same time, I also would question the possibility um, of you catching yourself before hitting rock bottom because rock bottom fucking sucks. I would never wish it on my worst enemy. So I guess my question is, or at least like conver- conversational topic is when, when you've sort of like, so you mentioned when you're a 20, you were supposed to give you shit, you sought help. But at other times across your life, have you felt like big bursts of growth have come from a rock bottom place or come from a place where you can kind of catch yourself because you've done enough work? Both. Um, Yeah. So initially there was definitely a lot more rock bottom places and because you don't necessarily recognize the trap that you're falling into when you first start on this part of your journey. Um, 
yeah, so I'd often find myself at this place and go, oh, how did I get here? Whereas now that I've practiced and I've built my resilience, I um, have a lot more understanding of my thought patterns and my behaviors. So I'll recognize them a lot sooner and go, oh, okay, I can see what I'm doing here. Um, Don't necessarily make change straight away. I kind of go, okay, well, I've recognized, I'll just sit in it for a little bit longer until I am ready to kind of uh, make those improvements that I need to make. So there's there's a lot less rock bottoms now. I'm not saying that they never happen. Um, But yeah, I definitely think it's practice, time, being taught skills, um, becoming a lot more aware of your behaviours and becoming a lot more conscious of your thoughts. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Yeah, it's just an interesting thing because, yeah, I guess I've only ever experienced that rock bottom thing. But now, like, like you said, with tools and techniques and understanding, and also I'm still seeking psychologist help, it is easier mm-hmm. to catch yourself. But, yeah, I don't know. Humans are so interesting. That was just a random side they thought. They really are. Yeah, but I always find those side, side thoughts bring a lot of value as well. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if someone was listening, um, what do you think that you could share to enable someone to not have to hit that rock bottom point to then instigate change? Yeah. Okay. That's a big question too. Um, And I think like a lot of the times what I do talk to my clients about is just starting to understand these behaviors. Um, And a lot of the time, like I just did a client check in this morning actually. And from my perspective, it seems she's at the point where she's starting to recognize her behaviors, but she's just not quite figured it out. Um, so she's feeling a little bit low. She's having a little bit of um, body image issues. So she's mentioned that she's going for more comfort foods. So she's kind of made uh, that connection, but it's then so my advice to her is look let's just take a step back and whether that be journaling there's lots of different avenues um a lot of clients do use their check-in with me to as a form of journaling or a form of expression whether that be talking to someone again a family friend or your counselor um and just trying to figure out why this is happening and and for me it definitely always comes down to the why because our actions are dictated by our thoughts our thoughts are dictated by whatever belief we our belief we have at the time of ourselves. Um, so understanding what actions are you taking? Why are you taking these actions? Because I feel shit. What do we feel shit about? So just kind of working backwards, coming to that core belief and then being able to make change from there. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's just that recognition. Okay. I realize that shit, what I've actually been saying to myself is I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not attractive, I'm not smart, whatever it is. I recognize that and now I'm able to start turning that around. Mm. Yeah, love it. Beautiful. Um, I always say that the first step to transformation is is awareness and whatever that looks like, whether it's a health journey, becoming aware of like what you're actually eating, if it's a you know mental health, self-love style journey, becoming aware of your thoughts, like what actually exists here and having a really um, introspective moment. But I think what a lot of people struggle with is that it's really hard to not be in denial and not blame others or circumstances like it could it would have been easier for you to blame your childhood 
like, you know, I grew up this way and just continue down that path. But yet you were like, no, hang on. There's another way of living. And I don't want to fucking do that. This is what I want to do. And so of course you took responsibility for yourself. Yeah. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to just get into this is the reality. Like this is what is instead of denial and blame and not wanting to look at it because it's all too scary and yeah. Yeah. And it hurts and we don't want to feel that pain. Like, so a lot of the times we try and avoid it as much as we can. Um, But the only way that you're going to overcome what's going on is is allowing yourself to feel. Mm -hmm. And that might be dirty. It might be ugly. It might be scary. Um, And a lot of my thoughts, um, like depression has been a big part of my life for a long time. And a lot of my thoughts are quite scary. It's about ending my life. It's about harming myself. And I always, I do, I push myself away from them because I don't like, I don't want to be that person. That's not who I want to be, but I also have to allow those thoughts to come and wash over me so I can move forward. Mm -hmm. And I've like, your thoughts might not be like that, but they still might be hurtful for you. Um, Yeah. And I just find the easiest, not the easiest, but the best thing for me to do is just release it. And recently around uh, New Year's, this was like a, another massive catalyst for me is like Tyler's one, he's just over one um, years old. And so I've had a lot of change the past year. One kid to two kids, my husband working from home, wanting to build my business again. And like I mentioned previously, thinking that success was something for me. And then going, like, how am I going to reach that? Like, I'm going to have to continue to work. I'm going to have to make more money. I'm going to have to pull myself away from the things that I value, like my family and quality time and being a, what I consider a good parent to my sons. Um, and me having to work this way and make this money and be this success is going to take me away from these things. And, and that's why I felt like I just felt so shit about myself because I wasn't being who I wanted to be and I wasn't aligned with what my values really were and a lot of that had to do with social media if I'm honest looking at other people going how do they achieve everything how are they so driven I'm not like that I don't want to work that much is there something wrong with me I don't want to make a million dollars but people are like oh a million dollars is great like I can help you get there and (laughs) I'm like mate look maybe down the track when my life is a little bit different um I can invest more time in my business and that can be a bit more of a goal of mine. But I was so caught into thinking that I had to achieve these things. And again, was pulling me away from what really mattered to me. And I sat there on New Year's Eve going, what the, like, I'm miserable. I'm not happy. Like, what, what do I have to do to change this? Like, Mm. I, and I'd been miserable for like six months Mm-hmm. and I'm like oh things will change oh Tyler's gonna go to school three days next year like that'll help like I'll have more time to work um so I kept kind of holding on to these small things and and a part of being a mother with young children is acceptance and understanding that I guess you do have a little bit more freedom and a bit more time as they get older and become um don't rely on you for as much things anymore Um, so in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, my life is going to continue to change and I will be able to continue to adapt. Um, but yeah, I just sat there and I was like, 
and I just journaled everything that had been in my head for the past six months and the shit that came out. I was like, fuck, no wonder I felt so bad about myself. Like, and I think a lot of people also think when I mention like journal to my clients, there's like a massive resistance straight away <laughs> because you actually have to face what you're feeling, first of all. But I think um, a lot of people think you have to sit there and be like, dear diary, today I did this and felt this. And it's like, no, not always. Like just sit in there and write whatever comes into your head. And when I write, it doesn't make any sense. It's just allowing myself. And I know that you've talked about this too. And it's something that you do often too. It's just giving yourself the space and let that dredge up. Let yourself feel, write it down. And sometimes I would sit there and not write for what felt like five minutes and then a thought would come. So I'd write that down. Um, Yeah. And the stuff that was so subconscious that I was telling myself, I just, it was like an epiphany. I was just like, wow, like it makes sense now why I wasn't loving myself. Look what I was saying to myself. Um, And that was, that was massive for me. I was like, cool. Well, that's over and done with. I don't want to feel that way anymore. Um, I understand what I'm saying to myself importantly, so I can start to make those changes and just realizing my values, what was important for me um, and coming up with a plan. So how I could still achieve my success or redefining what my success was, first of all. Yeah. And understanding that like, I'm happy in my business. Like I don't have to be making all this money that doesn't, define my success what actually defines my success is helping people Mm. um and I can make money doing that like Mm. the joy that I get is from helping people and and then that just took a lot of pressure off too and I kind of go cool I actually have more time to be the mum that I want to be to be the partner that I want to be and I can invest more time in those areas yeah yeah, there's another little side <laughs> side tangent for you. <laughs> no, all of that was really solid. And I, I just want to highlight a couple of things that you said because it's just really important to reiterate. So one thing that you said was, so just as a, like, um, whatever the word I'm looking for is, you've been doing a lot of self-work for the last, like, 12, almost 13 years. Yep. Yet there was a six-month period where you just you kind of woke up per se in air quotes of like, Oh fuck, I'm actually not happy. So I just want to highlight that Mm -hmm. this journey is never fucking ending. And that even though you've done so much self work in the last 12, 13 years, you like, we still have shit to work on. And so I think that's just a really important thing to note. And I'm glad that you shared that because, you know, you see self-love courses, they're like eight weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm healed. I'm fucking done. But the reality is that even one year, two years, three years, four years, 12 years, like it's a never ending process. And sometimes we, you know, you've been a, a new mom of two, two humans, not a new mom, but like a, a new mom of two humans. Yes. <laughs> Why did I say that's so weird? <laughs> Only very recently. And so of course change happens and um, you've maybe like put yourself a little further down the list because there was a brand new baby that required, you know, it was dependent on you. And so, yes. yeah, that's just a really important thing to highlight that it's literally never ending. And we live in such an instant gratification fix, fix, quick, quick fix. Mm. Wow. Hey, society where we feel like healing and weight loss and creating a business and growing a podcast, like any of this shit should be a quick and easy process. But the reality is that life's hard. 
challenges occur, things change. And every process that we actually want to put time to is basically never ending. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, the second thing that you said, which is really important, is um, the, the process of journaling and, and people not wanting to feel. So our brains move towards pleasure and move away from pain. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, like, back in the day, painful things were like getting bitten by a lion in the fucking jungle. And these days, it's our emotions, but yep. our brains work exactly the same way. It's just 100%. Different. A different context and so um I'm a big believer of you need to feel in order to heal and that's something that you touched on that I just again want to reiterate that um you can't process shit without processing it like you have to fucking sit in the discomfort and the yuckiness and the crying for days and the bullshit <laughs> to be able to actually move through it and again I'm glad you shared that because it's just really important to note that none of this shit is fucking easy no, and I also want to expand on your point just then. And I t- mentioned resilience a lot. I've you know, said it a couple of times in this podcast already. I talk about resilience with my clients a lot as well. And I think I've like on our personal calls and stuff, I talk about being resilient. And the more the pra- more practice you do, the more resilient you get. So, you know, at first it'd be like, yeah, I'd be out for like weeks in my emotion. Um, trying to process it, trying to understand it. But because I've practiced, mm-hmm. you know, it can be a couple of days. It can mm-hmm. be an hour. Like I'll feel what I need to feel and then I'll be able to move on. And the more you practice, the more you're resilient you get. And it tends not to hurt as – it can still – it still hurts. Maybe not as much, but it's not as prolonged. Yeah, beautiful. So keep doing your work, sister friends. Yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So – what else did I want to talk about today? So as I mentioned at the start, um, Kareen is a pro athlete with the WBFF. And we actually also touched on the WBFF with Rachel in the last interview episode. But in short, the WBFF is, well, why did you share what the WBFF is? Uh, the WBFF is, well, beauty, fitness and fashion. Dun, and dun, it, dun. It is, dun, 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 it's bodybuilding, but it is glam. It is full on it's beautiful it's you're a fucking queen it's own your shit on that stage show off all your hard work this alter ego that you have inside you let it shine it's an opportunity to be your most confident self and anyone that you want to be and that's why I love it (laughs) beautiful you explain that much better than I would have So being a pro athlete and prior to having kids, um, yeah. I guess for anyone who has no idea about the bodybuilding world, who's listening, it's, it is about like showing off your heart. It's about like basically going into this competition prep mode where you work your fucking ass off. Every gram of food that you can consume is weighed and tracked. Um, you're working really hard um, in your training. And then of course, like improving yourself physically assists in improving yourself and empowering yourself and getting up and being the queen that you are. Um, but the process of judging is actually that you're judged on what your body looks like in comparison to other humans so yes. that you can you know, get placed basically on your body. Yep. Which of course, if you're not in a good place mentally or you don't have that self-love or wholeness can be a really difficult thing to do in your head that was great (laughs) it can be really hard um post working really hard if you're not in a good place so 
my question yes. after all of that <laughs> is that of course being a pro athlete is it's not only performance based but it's also aesthetic based but of course you've also had two children which means that your body has changed a lot over the last 12 years whatever yep. um, so in saying all of that what yes. struggles yep. have you faced with body image both from a mum and an athlete perspective okay and this is the longest winded question yeah, it was it was <laughs> and let's hope I can answer this question um <laughs> Yeah, so I have done another podcast like a couple of a couple of years ago now, and a similar question was asked because bodybuilding it is a lot about your body, um, and I do just want to interject here and say a big part of the reason why I love WBFF is it is about what you bring to the stage as well as just your body. It's about your personality and how you show off your personality as well as your physique, um, and I guess I've never. I've never really had any negative association body image issues with competing itself because I've always done it for myself. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't had personal issues outside of that, but in relation to bodybuilding on its own, I've always been fine because I've always, I guess I've been successful in it too. Um, So my first competition was the IFBB, didn't place or anything, but I was like, okay, well, I want to improve. Um, so it wasn't ever like, I'm not good enough. It was my first comp. It was like, okay, I know what I need to do now. And then I went into the IMBA and I, I placed. So I guess I've always, I worked on myself. I did it for me and I got a positive outcome for that. Um, and then I went and competed with the WBFF, placed again, became pro, went over to worlds, placed in the top 10 and, and then I fell pregnant, um, and I competed a year after having had Jackson or just over a year. So I worked really hard and it actually doing that and having such a big goal really helped me with a lot of my mental health um, because after having my first child, just a lot of my depression fled quite badly again and just being able to work towards something. And again, because my big part of my values are discipline and routine and consistency and being a, and sorry, growth was another big value of mine, which I didn't mention before. And I was able to get hit a lot of my values through training towards this goal and eating and having all this routine and structure. Um, So I've kind of, I've always done it for myself, although I, when I got on stage after Jackson, after having had a baby, I, hmm, I'm just trying to figure, I, I didn't share much of that because I was so excited about the process and the, the journey was amazing and I felt confident, but actually getting on stage, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. And it was more in relation to, um, I ended up getting really stressed and my body composition didn't hold because water spilled over and all this kind of technical stuff. Um, the bikini that I got, I didn't feel comfortable in. So it wasn't necessarily what I had done or where my body was at per se, but just, I didn't feel comfortable in like what I was wearing. Um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I know body and I've never, never really taken things out on my body image as such, um, I've always just gone, okay, well, I know I can do something to improve that. 
or to make the change that I want to make. And I can manipulate my training and my nutrition to get there. Um, and But a big part of that is also what nutrition was like for us growing up. We were always really active as well. So a lot of these kind of habits that I had as a child have developed through my adulthood and always hearing my dad say, one day you're going to become a model. That was just something that I clung on to that has kind of gone through my whole life with me. Um, yeah. So question. <laughs> What's the question again? <laughs> well, just really discussing body image from, yeah, from an athlete's perspective um, and also a mum perspective. Cause I do know that you struggle sometimes with, I guess because of your athlete mentality, yeah, you don't feel like your body's at a certain stage or the look or whatever. Um, and maybe my secondary question then is, how do you get out of the trap of being so hard on yourself because you're an athlete? Because yeah. I know that yeah. people aren't athletes, but they still feel the same. Yeah. And we, we had a chat about this yesterday on the phone actually is that, and it's not necessarily because I'm an athlete. It's just because a part of my personality is a high achiever and, and also a lot of my history in my childhood, um, never being able to please someone. So always wanting to go above and beyond and, and be extra and achieve, achieve more. Um, and that is something that I guess what I'd done after having Tyler is I was like, okay, I want to compete again because I know I can get to the place I want to get in a lot of aspects, not just body image. Yeah. That plays a part in it because I like to look a certain way. Um, but also the values, I associated my values with the competition because if I compete, then I have to be disciplined. I have to have routine and consistency. I have to have a routine. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I need to compete again in order to align with my values. And you're like, yes. <laughs> and, I'm like nodding my head vigorously. <laughs> yeah. And and I, and, but I was also putting this time around, I was putting so much pressure on myself to compete. And then I just had to go, okay, but, but why do I want to compete? What's my why? Do I actually want to compete? Is it being on stage or is it because I, when I compete and when I get on stage, I'm being the person that I want to be. And it was definitely the latter. It was, I'm actually not aligned with my values. So what can I do other than competing that is going to align me with my values? And that's for me just being the small things in everyday life. And I'm still coming to terms with that. It's not, not something that I've definitely nailed on the head because again, I'm an overachiever. I like achieving. I like achieving the most epicness of my greatness and pushing myself to those limits. But at this space and time in my life, I can't do that because mm. there's just a lot of shit going on mm. and I've mm. just got to still come to terms with that and still just focus on those little things that I'm doing daily that are helping me. Mm. Love that. Love that. So such a incredibly solid message because the vehicle that you felt like was the, the vehicle to get to the who you want to be and the how you want to live you thought was the prep thing, the comp thing. But in actuality, it was you stepping back and saying, well, hang on, 
the who, as in like who I want to be and the what, the things that I want to do and that are in alignment with my values, I can do outside of the competition. Now, whether you do the competition or not is... It's somewhat irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think, again, it's such a fantastic point because it's, it's, it's actually thinking, and I did an episode called Creating Change in 2021, basically talking about this, about thinking about who you want to be in alignment with your integrity and your values And of course, the what, like what you're trying to achieve and the why and the how, like the process are all incredibly important, but really understanding who, Mm -hmm. who it is that like the version of you that makes you feel the best. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And that's a big part of goal setting too. Like a lot of people will be like, Hey, I want to achieve this goal. Let's just use a competition as an example, because we're talking about it. I want to be a bodybuilder and I want to get on stage and compete. And they'll kind of be like, oh, okay, yep, cool. But don't, then you do have to break it down. Okay, well, what does that actually involve specifically? Mm-hmm. It means your nutrition. Okay, but what about your nutrition? Blah, blah, blah. It means your training. Okay, what about your training? I need to train five days a week. I need a strength train. I need my progressive overload. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to block out the time on my calendar. I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to grocery shop. I'm going to sit down the week before a meal plan. Okay, but who do I need to be to actually achieve that? Well, and that's where it comes up with your values too. Well, I need to be disciplined. I'm going to have to be disciplined to achieve this end goal. I need to be consistent. You have to be consistent too. And yeah, and I think that is definitely the part that people definitely miss is the who they need to be and what their values are. And then also making sure that that goal and that process aligns with those as well. Yes. That's interesting. Cause I, um, yeah, I, I similarly have used vehicles, like the vehicle, it, the process, the vehicle is to achieve a goal as, let me start that sentence again. <laughs> similarly, in previous years, I've used a big goal as like the, I'm going to achieve this. And that was the, the thing that I was really focusing on was that goal when, and then I guess in the last couple of years, so like whether that was my transformation competition, I did a half marathon, I did a triathlon, um, I had massive strength goals. And so when I first began this like health journey thing, I, I thought that I had to keep setting these big audacious mm-hmm. goals in order to be the person. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned this because also I've realized in the last however long year, two years, five, whatever, that it's, it's not, you don't, yes, setting big goals is like great and awesome and brings you so much fulfillment. um, But you don't necessarily need them in order to be the person. Yes. I agree. You've got to, you've also, regardless if you have this big goal or not, uh, you also have to find the joy in every day. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. solid point. Appreciate yeah, we can, get, we can get so caught up in the bigger picture that we just forget about today. We forget what we did yesterday. We forget the opportunities that we have tomorrow. And I'm saying this because it's a lesson for myself too. It's what I need to hear right now. Agree. It's actually also what I need to hear too. And I assume then other people need to hear because yeah. and being the start of the year and we're like, all right, this year I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And of course it's, it, this is not to say that setting goals is not something that you should be doing or working towards big things is not something you should be doing because we both uh, like do that. But it's just important that outside of working towards that goal, you're still enjoying your fucking life and doing things yep. that make you happy 
And that doesn't have to be expensive things or big things. It could just literally be sitting in the morning before your kids wake up, sipping your coffee, which I know is something you've been practicing. Yeah. Um, and just feeling fucking peaceful looking out on your <laughs> on your view of where yes. your house is. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, totally agree. <laughs> um so maybe this is not that relevant then actually after hearing you speak about the concept of um you know it wasn't like body image related with your competition but my assumption and I could be wrong so here let, let me know but being in the fitness industry I can only imagine that a lot of your self work or empowerment style work Mm -hmm. was done through the process of a physical transformation, like working on your body and then feeling the feelings as a result of that. So is that true? First question. And second question, how has you focusing on yourself in terms of your health then impacted other areas of your life? Yes. And I know kind of being able to review and reflect on what I've kind of said about my history with um, competing and bodybuilding and that it wasn't actually necessarily the physical transformation, although that's a benefit for me is it was about pushing my self-belief about fucking off my depression, challenging myself and achieving, achieving the things that I thought were impossible. That's, that's pretty much what it's come down to is going, well, I'm thinking this way. I don't want to. I'm going to try it anyway. Fuck, I did it. And, and it's that, it's that, that's what I got out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, question was. And then how has that impacted other areas of your life, whether that be being a role model for your kids okay, or your yeah. relationship or whatever. Yeah. So the physical transformation was a lot more about the inner work. It's just that the inner work meant I practiced certain habits, which led me to the physical transformation. Mm. Um, and so I feel then I've done it for the, the right reasons. I've done it because I wanted to love myself. I wanted to improve myself. And it does impact other areas of your life because when you I, – I, I guess because when you feel shit about yourself, you feel shit about everything. And when I don't practice my values, like my discipline, I don't practice that in other areas of my life. And for me, it's just always easy. One of the first things I do when I want to make change and be more aligned with my values, I just naturally look at my nutrition and I look at my movement. Um, They're two, two things that, again, I really value. And I know that when I practice the discipline in them and I start those habits again, that they carry across through my life and they have, they've, they've with my parenting, like if I'm not looking after myself and not doing my nutrition, my fitness, I'm not being a good parent. I'm not being a, a good wife or working on my relationship with my husband or being present or giving what him what he needs and what I need in our relationship oh don't even talk to me about my finances it's only like recently and that's finances is something that we don't talk about much at all because it's too I think a lot of our success is entrapped in our finances and I was definitely there too I was like I need to be making money to be successful well the reality is no I've I've learned that I only need to make this much to live. Like I know that I need this much to live and to have a comfortable life and I can achieve that really easy. Anything over that is a bonus for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's more important is living the life that I want to live. And 
practicing my self-love has kind of led me down the path of releasing that financial pressure on myself a little bit, um, but also helping me get my act together, um, budgeting better, um, contributing more financially to our family because I'm practicing my discipline with my money. Um, and again, finances, business can really be attached and connected to your personal issues, um, which is something that I have found, you know, shopping spree, I want to feel better about myself or go spend money. Um, or yeah, lack of budgeting, a lack of discipline. If you're not doing that in other areas of your life, are you going to be doing that in your finances? Probably not. Um, yeah. So I find when I'm in a average place mentally with my health and fitness, then other aspects of my life are average. But when I'm practicing my values in relation to my health and fitness, that follows through in all aspects of my life. Mm. Yeah. I feel very similarly in that regard um, because health, like health and fitness is such a found nutrition and moving your body is such a foundational, um, important part of living a healthy, fulfill, uh, healthy, lengthy life, life, lengthy. Life. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's just gone mush. Um, and I think it's when you focus on yourself, like everything improves. And I very much believe that where intention goes um, into yourself, then as a result of that, it just becomes this overflowing thing because you want to improve in every other area of your life. Yeah. Um, something that came up whilst you were speaking, which is slightly unrelated, but a little bit over a little bit related is um, a lot of, people have this if x then y mentality like if i <clears throat> excuse me improve my life if i lose weight then i'll feel happier or if yeah, i yeah. get in a relationship then i'll blah 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 um how do you make sure that you're you're not in that mentality and you are focusing on joy or enjoyment of the daily monotonous sometimes but like just daily life i think i've just learned over time that reaching my goal doesn't always make me happy. So it's not necessarily the goal and reaching it that has sparked my joy. Cause sometimes you might get there and go, Oh, there's something still missing. Isn't there? Um, and yeah, I think that's just something over time that I've learned, but on the flip side, doing the hard work to reach your goal is also something that is incredibly satisfying. And, and again, I think that's a skill that I've just learned over time that if I, if I do want to achieve this, it's, it's not about the end. It's about every little step that I take, what I do every day. And no, I'm not perfect every day. I fuck up a lot, but it's also what I do consistent consistently to reach that goal. And again, it all comes down to my values and being aligned with my values. For me, that's a big, big, big part of my happiness and ultimately my self-love. Yeah. Awesome. Um, speaking of values again, if someone was like, fuck, I know that I have values, but like, how do I work out what my values are? Do you have a little tip that you could share? Yeah. Just jump online and go type in personal values and pull up a big list and go through and just pick out some words that have meaning for you. Um, you might have 50 because, you know, there's lots of words there that, you know, will spark something for you. And then you kind of just group them into things that are quite similar. And then you can just pick, 
you know, pick a few that are really important to you out of that group. And then, so you've narrowed it down to maybe three from one section, and then you can pick one that's really important to you there. Um, I also think just a big thing that I do is when I'm in like that state of unhappiness is I sit down and I go, okay, well, what have I done previously that actually makes me happy? Mm. And the answer for that is always the same thing. I'm moving, I'm looking after my nutrition and being present when I'm with my children and being present when I'm with my clients and I'm genuinely helping them because I have a passion for it. Um, yeah. So just giving yourself the space to reflect and go, okay, well, when was I happy in my life and what was I doing? Mm. Awesome. Love that. Get on the Google Meister. Gives yes. you all the answers. Dude, seriously, the internet's an amazing tool. <laughs> the old world wide web. Um, so you've mentioned nutrition, training, being present with your kids and um, husband and also passion for your work. But when you notice your – so outside of the, the things that you do consistently, when mm-hmm. you notice yourself feel in a certain way, what acts of self-care do you partake in um, when you're feeling a bit – how are you going? Well, generally when I'm feeling a bit how I'm going, <laughs> um, a oh, lot so awesome. <laughs> Hang on, mate. There you going. <laughs> uh, a lot of like my daily rituals, I guess, fall off the wagon. Um, so I'm getting sucked into things that are helping me avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh TV, social media, Um, I then start bringing my phone to bed and watching shows to fall asleep. When I wake up first in the morning, I'm on my phone, whether that be Instagram or playing a YouTube video in the background while I'm getting things ready. Um, So that's one behavior that I notice I do a lot when I'm kind of not feeling my best. Um, So I'll do the opposite. That's something that's a lot easier said than done, um, but I think can be a really handy tool. If I'm feeling shit, what actions am I taking? Okay, let's try and do the opposite because it's going to make me feel better. Um, So I don't take my phone to bed. I actually put it outside my room and I will read a book instead and so fall asleep without any of that distraction. Um, When I wake up in the morning, like you said, I'll go out onto my balcony and I'll just give myself some space whether that sometimes I'll sit and do some breathing. Um, sometimes I just, this morning I just sat and we've got a beautiful river um, in our backyard, which was so much bird life. So I just bask in nature. And in moments like that too, I'll kind of just allow whatever thought there is to pop up and go, okay, I recognize that. Doesn't mean I have to delve into it right now, um, but I'm aware that it's there. Um, and yeah, just have some calm <laughs> before the kids wake up. So, um, you know, I, I don't get the boys up till quarter to seven. It's kind of just been a part of our routine. No matter what time they wake up, they stay in their bed. Jackson's got a, um, little clock. The sun comes up and as soon as the sun comes up, it's mommy. <laughs> it starts. Uh, yeah. So I, if I want to wake up earlier, it means I need to look at my bedtime routine, um, and yeah, so wake up early. I have that time before I'm serving everyone. And again, be organized and I get like the boys food ready. So I'm practicing some discipline and some routine. Um, and just 
I know you kind of sit outside of, but daily movement is something that's really important to me. So I've learned to kind of take a lot of pressure off myself in relation to, I have to get to the gym if I want to feel good. It's like, well, no, I just need to move somehow. If I can't get to the gym today, that's fine. If I can't do a full workout, that's fine. If I'm just down in the garage gym doing some basic movement, that's fine. Um, Movement, it's just something that's important to me. And it's a big part of my self-care and my nutrition. Like I have to eat in a way that serves me and makes me feel good. Mm. Um, and yeah, just respecting myself enough to give myself the space to feel what I need to feel. I think that's, that's a big one. Cause I always feel shit when I'm pushing shit aside. Mm. Um, I feel better when I feel and am able to express it. Yeah. Awesome. I love a lot of what you shared then is about giving yourself like space and time whether that's Mm -hmm. in nature or on the balcony or whatever before the boys and that boundary of like boys don't get up till 6 45 is it gives you it gives you the time and you've made that um exist and yeah I think that's a really important message because leading into my next question about being a mom of two young boys how do you actually make sure that you do prioritize that time for you and you know do things that make you feel good outside of being a mom yeah it's um definitely hard it's become easier as they've gotten older too because there are elements of them not needing me as much in terms of like breastfeeding um just yeah like just everyday care like Tyler's eight more mobile now so he's able to get to places he wants to get without causing a fuss because he can't move um so I just think with time it does become easier um but you also have to make the time um and I know that that can be so hard as a mum because you're looking after other people and it is so time consuming and really energy draining um and again routine was a big part of that for me routine and structure is something that is really important and what I value so we have always had routine and structure with our boys in terms of their sleep, when they wake up, when they go to bed, meal times. It's just made my life like a lot easier. And I find it's a lot easier for them too, because they know what to expect and they know that their needs are always going to be met. So there's like no stress or minimal stress or anxiety for them. Um, yeah. So having the routine, but that's allowed me to carve out a lot of time as well. And our boys go to school, we call it school daycare, um, two to three days a week. So that really gives me a lot of space and time as well to do stuff myself. Mm, awesome. Because um, obviously I can't speak to being a mum, but I know that a lot of listeners and, um, well, yeah, listeners <laughs> really struggle with making sure that they make that time and prioritise themselves in amongst all of those things. And um at the end, I'm going to share, and it'll also be in the show notes where you can go and follow Karine on Instagram, but something that she spoke about a lot, which I really admired because obviously I'm not a mum, but it is something that I think about sometimes randomly. Um, but she spoke a lot about a lot about sleep routines and structure and how that has benefited not only you two as parents, but also the boys and um, really sticking to that even when shit got hard. And I think that lesson yeah. is important in all areas of life, but particularly with, you know, Jack's nose at 6.45 when his little son thing comes up that it's time and and he expects that because it's been, it's a discipline that you've instilled. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I really admire your parenting in that regard. 
yeah well thank you for the compliment yeah and it's just helped and look parenting I think can be a tough topic because everyone is going to do things different ways and that's cool if it's working for you like go for it if you're happy you're content it fits in with your lifestyle like good on you because there's a lot of people that will be on here and listen and go oh structure and routine like what no is way. that? Yeah, I do it totally the opposite, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I just can't function that way. Like my life would be fucking chaos um, <laughs> without structure and routine. Um, but yeah, it's again something that was really, and even your comment, like I think about it sometimes. Like you know, that's odd, but I don't think it is. Like you're a woman, you would like a family. I know based on a lot of our conversation uh, in the future and I think it's something that's important to think about and just because you've had children doesn't mean your values have to change you Mm -hmm. can still practice your values and what's important to you it's just going to be done in a little bit of a different capacity that's all yeah I love that brilliant bloody brilliant so I guess to wrap it up we've been going for just over an hour now um We've touched on so many different things and I'm really grateful for you highlighting a lot of really important points within the whole spectrum of self-love, which of course is incredibly complex. But to boil it down to one thing, um, if someone was just sort of beginning their self-love journey and like sorting out their thoughts and feelings and emotions and all of the shit and, and, and prioritizing themselves, what is one piece of advice you could share with them? Yeah, don't be afraid to seek help. Yeah, like I can't, doesn't like, doesn't matter how it is. Again, whether it is seeing a counselor or a psychologist, whether it is talking to a friend and seeking support or maybe a partner, uh, whether it's doing an online course, um, do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. No one is going to judge you and people want to help you. Mm, beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah, I think it is something that people, a lot of people do struggle with, like reaching out, asking for help. And particularly if, in a, if you're in a really shitty space, it's so mm. hard to reach out. Yeah. But yeah. I, that's- I read your post, one of your posts this morning, and it is true. Like you tend to kind of push a lot of things away and it can be hard to kind of go, oh, like I actually need help and I should talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah. So um, both of our DMs are open if you ever do want to reach out and we can push, point you in the right direction of who we might think might be able to help you um, if that's sort of a situation that you're in right now. Yeah. Um, so lastly, where yes. can the lovely humans that listen to this potty go to follow you and stalk the shit out of you? Oh, on Instagram at Kareen Killer, C-A-R-E-E-N-K-I-L-L-A-R. It's well, me. Actually, I've always wanted to ask you this. Why Killer in, instead of like your full name, your full last Because it's just cool, man. Oh, it's it's killer, man. Oh, killer. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much. I'm really grateful. I knew this would be a bit of a like in, in twisty, twervy, all over the place, but like so many gold nuggets slash value. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so much good shit. Um, so I really, really appreciate you coming on and thank you so much for providing so much insight to whoever out there is listening. Um, go and give her a follow. She's um, a wonderful human, fantastic mom. And yeah, just go do it you thank you i've had fun awesome all righty thank you so much for listening if you resonate with this 
uh, podcast at all, make sure you screenshot it, chuck it on your stories and tag at Kate Purtle and at Kareen Killer. <laughs> Pulling faces at me. Uh, I love you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did find it super valuable and want to shout it from the rooftops, make sure to screenshot, post and tag me on Instagram so I can stalk the shit out of you and we can connect some more. I just want to say a massive thank you for your time and your ear holes today. I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to listen to my podcast. To make sure that you're notified of the next episode, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a single episode from me. And to leave you today, go out there and be wild. Just fucking love yourself. I dare ya. That's all from me today, friends. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye!